So every time these old hetero windbag executives go to look at their sales board, they're forever haunted by Magic Earring Ken. Gay as hell, cock ring bottom Ken. The best selling metal doll. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ben, and welcome to Quarter Life Quandary Podcast. We'll be chatting about life, relationships, events, experiences, and anything between. Joined with Katie in this, our Quarter Life Quandary. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, just it's been a while. It's it's been a while. Yeah. We can't. <laughs> coordination isn't our, any of our strong. Well, it's yours, but me and Aaron kind of suck. So. Uh, I I feel like I have been busy, but I don't think I've been actually busy if that makes sense i've just yeah i've been like too exhausted to be anything but busy doing nothing after work most of the time Mm. like i just end up just existing for a couple of hours and going oh time for sleep yeah that's pretty much it at the moment like i I just get nothing done so been busy busy doing nothing basically Oh yeah, absolutely sweet fuck all. Just coming home from work and existing for long enough to sleep. Mm. And eat. Yeah, well, yeah. You say eat, I am struggling with a clementine at the moment. Not to eat it, just to peel it. (laughs) (laughs) It's an easy peeler as well. Like, it literally says easy peel on the fucking... On the bag. I'm an infant. There's nothing wrong with that. I was saying, how do you even have a concept of free time being a parent? I can't even imagine having to have like children exist in my life while trying to so desperately to do nothing. Well, they're they're normally in bed when I do nothing. Uh, yeah, but it's always the risk that they'll need love and attention. Yeah, and you deal with it. You just give them a pat on the head and a kiss goodnight and send her back I've decided that most parental like children waking up in the middle of the night problems are for like a glass of water so they're getting those fucking office water dispensers in their rooms if they have kids most of ours wake up because they need the toilet Ugh. even though they've gone just before bed that's and and in your 30s thing, not a toddler thing. Well, they're not even toddlers. Ugh, ugh, I'm bad at everything today. I'm doing so good. I don't know. I've also got noise-cancelling headphones on that it's really weird. It's freaking me out. Why? Because it's so eerily quiet when you're not talking. Because I can only hear... You know when you can hear your voice through your head? And it's so fucking loud Mm -hmm. as well. Mm. Yes. I've just got my work headset on. Um, probably well, I got, I got these for my birthday. Shit quality. No, they're all right. I got these for my birthday, so this is like the first time I've worn them. Oh. They're like proper... Your birthday was ages ago, dude. That's how long it's been, Katie. <laughs> Did you just buy them for podcasting? Uh, I wanted ones that had a an audio jack. Mm. Because there's other things I do use it for, but recently I haven't. This is the first time I've used them. Oh. 
Yeah. They're decent enough quality. They're really good, actually. It's not the. It has a microphone, but I'm still using my uh, stand mic. Oh. Just because. To be fair, uh, your mic always sounds good. The only reason is it's slightly better pickup because it's got a larger surface. So. Uh, but mm. the microphone on this is pretty good, so I could always use that as a if I needed to. I um. Right. I don't. I don't know. Apparently, this is quite a good headset. Um, I kept bitching at work until they gave me one that customers could hear me. Um, I literally went through hundreds of pounds of headsets before I was like, "Yeah, that'll do." We had those little like wireless one ear ones, like that hook over the ear and have a microphone stick on them. I hate them. They look amazing. Um, they sound like shit. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, I've got some. I'm looking at some right now. They're terrible. And they hurt your head. Yeah, I'm, like, I don't know if I've just got like fucked up ears, but everyone else at work, every other person at work, except one person uses them and they swear by them and they just either fall off my ears or dent them. You know, like they just fucking cut into your head. No, mine, I had the same problem. So these ones are large cup. Basically, I, I was searching up uh, headphones for people with big ears. Large cup. Oh, my second Clementine is far juicier than the first Clementine, and I've been... Squirted. In the eye. Oh. Mm. So, I'm going to... What I was talking to you just before, um, mm. obviously didn't give it away. But do you know what the best-selling Kendo is? I didn't know there were variants. Yeah, of course. There's loads, like Barbies. There's loads of Kendo variants. No, I thought men got the fucking short end of the deal with that, and they just got generic blonde white man. Uh, yeah, they they did, but well, it's not for men; it's for girls. Yeah, but like yeah, not in the nineties, it wasn't. It was all fucking gendered and shit. Well, yeah, but they so. Excuse me. No, I don't. Is the answer to your question? Right, drop you a link. So, this was a, the the Tumblr um, snippet of a meme thing I saw the other day. So it's the magic earring Kendall, and it is the best selling Kendall ever. And it was only released for six months before it was withdrawn. Huh. The reason is, is because if, if it ever scrolls down, why has it got a freeze as I'm trying to use it? Painful. I'm trolling. Um. So it was introduced in 1992 and discontinued shortly after. The cell like had done a survey yeah, and discovered that girls didn't think Ken was cool enough. So someone had the bright idea to research coolness by sending people to raves, which at the no. time was mostly hosted and attended by gay men. So they took notes on the fashions. The girl becomes the best-selling Kendall in history, mostly because gay men brought it in droves. Many of them said his necklace was supposed to be a cock ring. That is delightful. Uh, oh, did they accidentally homophobically be gay? Well, it, uh, they, they gayed up Ken and were like, oh no, the gays. I don't think, I don't think it was on purpose. 
No, I meant like so recording these, it afterwards. Oh, these charms are advertised as completely heterosexual and not gay at all. And there's a barber that also has magic earring action with clip-on charms. The issue, there is no matching Barbie, and Magic Ken is out there straight up wearing a cock ring on his jacket with a thinly devised advertising ploy to make it seem not gay. That there is was another section. Fucking great. Uh, and then it explains that about the wearing cock rings on a jacket was a part of gay culture. And the placement indicated some of your sexual preferences. So in case you're wondering, Ken is a bottom. <laughs> oh my so, god. In a snippet, Magic Earring Ken was on the shelves for six weeks before they pulled him. Magic Earring Ken became the best-selling Barbie doll as ever sold. That is fucking incredible. They literally fear, like, panic-pulled the product. Yep. Holy shit. And someone else commented, so every time these old hetero windbag executives go to look at their sales board, they're forever haunted by Magic Earring Ken. Gay as hell, cock ring bottom Ken. The best-selling metal doll. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, because you just know they're probably homophobic and they were just wincing. Like, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it's great. I love it. That I love little things like that. Fucking incredible. My fun sort of revel well, I say fun revelation. It's fucking not. It's actually a really kind of, I guess, sad story. Um, I mean, it's in no way related, but I just thought it was super fucking interesting because, like, it's the only time that it's ever happened in history. And I just don't know if it could happen again. It was like a perfect storm of shit. Um, so there was this dude. And he goes to the doctors and he feels like shit because he has, like, unmedicated HIV. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they start doing tests on him. And among all of the other problems he has, he is riddled with cancer. Like, a lot of cancer. Um, it's it's not a happy story. He absolutely dies. But they, they can't figure out what kind of cancer he has because it's that they don't know where it started. It's it's all over the place. So it's everywhere. So they've got a test. Um uh, because obviously cancers have different treatments. So they're trying to work out where it started, what kind of cancer it is. And they have never seen this kind of cancer before. Um, they they couldn't work it out. They, they knew it was cancer. They just couldn't work out the cells because the cells were too small. I think it was. I think the cells were too small for any type of cancer that they had seen. Um, and oh, what was it? They started... Um, is it genome genome sequencing that yeah. you do with cancer cells? Uh, they well, do genome cells. analysis. Yeah, and the cells are not human. What? The cells aren't human. Um, obviously, the way cancer works, the cells grow out of um, control and they take over your body. But these mm-hmm. these cells that were growing out of control and taking over his body were not human. Um, so the body was not fighting them whatsoever. Um. The DNA in the tapeworm, in the in the thing, was a tapeworm. It was tapeworm DNA. Okay. He had got a tapeworm, and the tapeworm had cancer. That's insane. And he just fucking absorbed his tapeworm's cancer. 
Was that because he had... Well, tapeworms are really good at evading immune systems. They're human parasites. They, they're they good at that. So the tapeworm got some kind of cancer um, and its cells were able to replicate on their own without the tapeworm being necessary. So the human just took on the tapeworm's cancer like in a very parasitic way. And wow. the only reason it ended up killing him and he wasn't able to fight the cancer was because his immune system was so fucking compromised from the untreated HIV. Yeah. I think I think this was in Colombia. That's insane. Um, but yeah, it's the only time it has ever happened and hopefully the only time it ever happens again. I just thought it was like the weirdest kind of grossest medical story I think I've heard in a really long time. Like I didn't know you could get not human cancer. I didn't no, I think didn't know that. The human body was capable of, I don't know, mutating cells from another. Well, obviously, I say that it sounds stupid from another living organism, but it just it feels like tapeworm cancer is tapeworm cancer, and human cancer is human cancer. Also, I didn't know tapeworms could get cancer. It it, it blew my mind. I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but it it never occurred to me. Yeah, it was just. I read it in some fucking medical journal and oh it was just very very mind-blowing very mind-blowing revelation but yeah very sad very weird Mm. just thinking of all the weird like medical things you hear about now oh yeah um I had one I can't think of it I'm used to the podcasts Yeah, it's completely gone now as well. The only ones I can think of um, are like things being found in people's bums that they like had fallen on. Which that's that's all that's going around my brain now. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz the Buzz Lightyear is the best one out of that. Yeah, I mean, who falls on a light bulb though? Like, I've... no one falls on a light bulb. Or that's a... that's the ruse. The only one that I can kind of get on board with being a accidental sound it situation is like a toilet brush. But I vaguely recall the toilet brush not being in the end that would be easy to sit on by mistake. You, like I think it was in Come on. End. I don't think anyone <laughs> accidentally falls onto something and it goes up their ass. Have you never tried to uh, sit on a toilet drunk? Uh, well, I don't what, and miss and fall on to the toilet brush? Well, you stumble a bit, but you might. It's perfectly lined up. I mean... This is moot, because I'm pretty the handle. sure the toilet brush was in Bristle End. Well, that's but... what I'm saying. But I don't understand if it was Handle End. But how do you fall on the Buzz Lightyear? Please tell me you've seen that image. I have, I have. Yeah. And he's proper in, like, superhero mode as Wings well. Wings out and everything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh... <laughs> So, I've also, when I was, just before we started, I was looking through my topic list. Do you remember a while ago I said, oh, I keep finding things in my list that I don't understand? Yeah. What do you think giggle dick means? I, that's me. Is that you? That's me. I was literally looking at it like, what the fuck is that? Um, I say it all the time. I must have said it on that night you were out. Uh, where you don't remember the night because mm. that I, I say it all the time. Like if I have a laughing fit or a fucking just like lose my shit or something, 
I'll say it hit me right in the giggle dick. Oh, okay. That's um, making I'm... a lot more sense now. <laughs> I was I was hoping there was going to be some kind of revelation. <laughs> yeah, I always say, oh, that hit and me in was. the giggle dick. Every time I find something like uncontrollably funny, yeah. And I think but I stole that from maybe that my... Jenna Marbles. I don't, I don't know. But why have I put it in my topics list? Um... I don't know, but I'm kind of impressed if it's from that night out. Because if you decided to like note down podcast topics on that night, you are more dedicated to this podcast than either me or Aaron. <laughs> well, it was in there. <laughs> and it was at the top, so it wasn't from before the last one. Yeah. I, yeah, I just say that. You must have found it funny at the time. <laughs> must have done. Yeah, that's there is no more interesting story to that other than I say it sometimes. <laughs> so for anyone who actually does listen to us and cares, Aaron is uh, away on holiday on his first ever abroad holiday. Oh yeah, first time on a plane. It was glorious because I was um, trying to give him sort of like little pointers as like a first time at the airport like he wasn't bringing he was only bringing carry-on luggage so I said that he could bypass check-in and go straight to security um I said that sometimes they let you get away with like two plastic bags for your liquids like just dumb shit like that and he was like I know what I'm Anything doing else? he was just like I know what I'm doing I can do this like <laughs> I, I'm an adult and I was like fucking fine but I also gave him some like little tips like turbulence like there's this fun story, I don't even know if I told him this or not, but there's this fun way to describe turbulence and how it doesn't mean the plane's going to crash. Um, so so one, turbulence, there's never been a plane crash due to, due to turbulence. Two, if you picture like a pot of jelly and put an object in the middle of the jelly and then like smack the jelly, the object in the jelly will wiggle but it won't move due to the pressure all around it. And that's kind of like the cabin pressure. I was trying, I was like explaining stuff like, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. The plane's going to make a lot of noise, but it's not dangerous. It just does that. He was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and I can, I can edit that out. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And he was like, um, I'll be fine. I'm big boy. I could do this. Literally texts me from the plane get me off this fucking plane right now. I don't want to do it. I hate it. He literally was like in meltdown mode of not being able to get off the plane. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about ripping the shit out of him on here because he'll never listen to it. No, he probably won't. So I can just give him shit for it. Yeah. Little bitch boy. Very cocky believe... about getting on the plane. Very, I can't very believe it. his big age he's been abroad. <laughs> no, never been on a flight. Never been anywhere. That's that crazy. was his literal first time walking onto a plane. I was like, did you buy the extra leg room? He was like, no, what would I need that for? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> EasyJet's not known for their leg room, babe. <laughs> I mean, Ryanair less so, but... Oh, they're both bad. Yeah, they're fucking all terrible. Especially now yeah. that... Seem to be cancelling flights every fucking other day. Oh god, the horror stories I've seen from it. People, there was one where this girl was trying to get back to Ireland, 
and they left them on the plane for four hours, like doors locked, no food or drink or anything because everything was like depleted. Um, left them on for four hours and they were like, hey, so we need to refuel. So we're just going to, they weren't in Ireland, they were just somewhere else that they had landed, left them for four hours telling them they were going to refuel. And they were like, mm, actually, we're going to refuel in Germany. So off we go to Germany. Um, they skip over to Germany, park up there and take them off the plane to refuel. And then they just dip. <laughs> That's crazy. They just leave. And they don't tell the Germany, like the German airport what's going on. They just leave like 80 or 90 odd island destination travellers. Like people that were just trying to end up in Dublin. Um, <laughs> they, le- they just left them at the airport and went, good luck. And didn't tell them they were leaving. So the plane fucks off. Airport manager's like, what are you were doing here? And they were like you fucking tell us. We have been told that we're getting back on a plane. They're like, yeah, there's no planes leaving here. Um, What? So they got, like, fucking travel beds out for them and put them in the airport, and they just, like, slept in the airport overnight. Uh, Tui came back, because it was Tui, not EasyJet. Tui came back the next day and went, oh, we're going to get you a hotel because we fucked up. And this airport doesn't regularly fly to Dublin. Uh, so the next flight, I think, was £600 for a ticket in five days time give or take like some some stupid amount of time wow. so they were like fine we'll wait for the replacement plane give us this give us this hotel um at this point it was also again dick of cock at night after they'd been stuck in the airport and told not to leave because they wouldn't be able to get back on their flight um so they're like nearly two days in at this point with like babies and old people that aren't being fed and looked after and they send them to this hotel and like they specify it has to be this hotel um, turns out this hotel is miles away from any kind of shop and has no food on the premises. So these people are like three terrible. days in, no food, no flight. And two were just like, yeah, so was, times are hard. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's proper fucked up. Yeah, two are 100% going bust like any day now. I, I, I thought be. the ones I was reading were bad. Yeah. Like, I didn't know until recently that if you buy duty-free and then leave the airport, you're not, like, obviously, as a traveller, you have to give it back or pay the duty on it. Wait, excuse me? So if you go into, yeah, yeah, and you get cancelled and you leave, you have to give all the duty-free back or pay the duty on it. That's so stupid. Yeah, I was watching, I I read something about someone who's been stuck in, like, one of the major airports for about 10 hours and on the way out they tried to confiscate all these cigarettes I would be kicking the fuck off like absolutely not do you know what I've been through let me have me fucking posh vodka and face cream leave me alone <laughs> oh this just put me right off like because well, of that I... we're not going abroad now we're, we're going to go camping in the UK instead Literally, we've made the same decision. We're meant to be going abroad, um, like third week of July, and we've just opted to keep the week off work and just do a couple of days in like Cornwall or something, just somewhere that's not here. Um, yeah, I just I don't want the aggro. No, I don't. And like, he's not been abroad since way pre-COVID, so I don't think he wants the first out-of-country experience to be an arsehake. You know? Stuck in an airport for ten hours. 
to be told to exactly. go home. Exactly. I'm not feeling it. Surely they know before. It's not like a, you wake up on the day and go, we're short of like 40 people, sorry. Mm. Well, turns out too easy excuse for this whole like three-day debacle was that their staff were like overworked and tired. But they just didn't tell anyone. Yeah. They just decided to say they were refueling. Right, during all this like COVID bollocks, everyone's obviously left, haven't they? Yeah. And they haven't replaced anyone. Left or been pushed or whatever. Mm. And, you know. <laughs> What's funny is airports are being um, expanded and there's going to be no staff to fill them. It's going to push the price up of uh, airport staff. Mm. We'll have to. Uh, the we'll thing is, it's not a good wage. It's no, not it's a not. good wage. Like, I have worked retail at an airport airside, and it was literal minimum wage. There was no sort of like, oh, you start at 3 a.m., here's an antisocial work hours bonus. Mm-hmm. And there was no sort of like, oh, you're working. Like, airport jobs, some of them are good. Like, I know Debenhams and Next, I think, pay their staff a premium for being airport staff. But a lot of shops just don't. It's just a minimum wage job, just way more inconvenient hour-wise. Yeah, and having to get there an extra 40 minutes to get through security. It was ridiculous. (laughs) The airport that I worked at, the staff entrance is literally just some underground prison. Mm -hmm. So, like, the normal entrance, you just walk through, it's all nice, all, like, chrome-finished everything, and it's all pretty. Um, my entrance, you just went through some like brick car park with extractor fans everywhere. Well, I I never got showed the staff entrance, so I used to have to go through the main entrance. Mm, bet they love that. Well, I was like, where is this staff entrance everyone keeps talking about? <laughs> no one's told yeah. me. Literally, you just like cut up by where you put in your hold luggage, mm. and there's just like a door by a toilet. And you, like, swipe your card into this door by the toilet. And then you go through, like, a dungeon passageway. And the actual, like, security bit is just two, like, decrepit workers on scanners not giving a shit. At Fair all enough. About their job. Like, I worked with someone that had a night out bag and a work bag. For very obvious security reasons. Um, yeah. I brought the, the wrong bag one day. Not one element of that bag was inspected, and things were in the airport that probably shouldn't have been in the airport, you know? Mm. Well, I, I didn't have a full pass, because I was still on my probation pass whilst mm. I was there, and uh, I left before I got the full pass. But uh, Yeah, I my... left just after I got my full pass, and I was there nearly a year. They take a while. Wow. Mm. I was, uh, on the first day, they scanned my phone, and it came up with nitroglycerin. So I had I had a fun yeah I don't know it was all on my hands apparently, huh? So uh, they they scanned my phone and said yeah there's some reason there's nitroglycerin in your phone, so you can imagine the first day of work and I'm I'm sat with security for four hours. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Somehow they got more lax since you worked there because I um yeah they didn't care. They did not care a single bit. They even started letting us bring in liquids as food. Oh, wow. Right, for lunch. Like, again, 
a co-worker was like, um, I got this really nice soup from Lidl and I really want it for my lunch, but it's a bit like chunky. Can I just take it through? They were like, yeah. Wow. Saying that we weren't allowed a microwave on our in our unit because of where it was in the airport. We weren't allowed electrical appliances that weren't the cash register. So it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like cold lumpy soup as well. I feel it's it's not a good lunch, but like the stupid shit, like if you didn't open the shop at the exact time it had to be open, which was three 45 AM, um, you got a 10,000, your shop got a 10,000 pound fine from the airport. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I hated it. Like, I liked the people I worked with. I liked um, a lot of elements of the job. Like, I liked seeing where everyone was going. And, like, I had a few, like, really interesting conversations with people that were going to Tel Aviv. Um, Because a lot of people on the Tel Aviv flights had, like, religious reasons to be going. And it was really, like, it was super interesting to hear about other people's religion and culture and blah, blah, blah. Like, it was genuinely very interesting. But other than that, I would not fucking work there again. The hours were dog shit. Like, and because there's no windows, there's no air. There's, like, literally no outside space, airside. Mm -hmm. So you just go in there at quarter to four in the morning, work, like, an eight and a half, nine hour shift. Expect it to be, like, black as, like, like, dark as fuck outside and be cold and then you walk out on like 1pm on a June afternoon it's like fuck man disorientated (laughs) like I've not seen what the weather or the sky has been doing for a whole working day and somehow it's lunchtime what (laughs) so I worked in uh, one of the the shops that sold that sells books magazines you know snacky stuff so anytime anyone ever got like delayed, you'd get the vouchers, and they'd always come to us to kind of redeem them. Ugh. And like this is, so I worked there in two thousand six, and they still didn't have chip and pin at that time. Chip and pin came out in like two thousand four, mm. so I was still having to like get people to sign for it, and the amount oh. of people who would stop signing the back of their cards was insane. So it was like every single time I want a paper card. Yeah, okay. They'd like swipe it. Can you yeah. sign this, please? They're like, what? And I'm like, you haven't even got a signature to back of your card. You've gone. This, you oh, know. there you go. You're back. Oh, what did you miss? Um, that they swipe and they'd go to sign. And I'm guessing the rest of the story was, um, I can't check the signature against the back of your card. If you haven't signed it, you dumbass. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, um, you haven't signed the back of your card. How am I meant to check it? And they're looking at me like, have you not got chip and pin? Like, no, the system's like 10, 20 years old. Yeah. And it's just, didn't have any like buttons with pictures on it. It was all like, you had to know all the codes. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. I um, worked in a shop that sells just like fucking soap and shampoo and shit. And when I was like 16 and we had the same situation, we didn't have... Like, the card readers weren't great and contactless wasn't a thing. So if the pin failed the first or second time, they had to swipe it and no one signed the back of their cards and no one could understand why they needed to either. And I had to explain so many times that if someone were to find your card on the street and go, oh, can I swipe it, which is an absolutely reasonable thing to do, 
they could just sign it and match the signatures and steal all your money. Like, don't be stupid. Sign your card. Exact same, exact same um, argument. I was having people. I was like, "How do I know this is your card?" They're like, "Because it's my card." And I was like, yeah. well, "If I if I sign my name on it now, it's my card. It's my card." And they were just like, "This is like an argument you're having with someone at four in the morning." Exactly. You're just like, oh. like I get it. They're tired and not exactly in the best state of mind for logic, but you could have had this logic at a reasonable hour when you got the card. Mm. Like, you don't just... It's not something that was done for fun. Like, you signed your card for a reason. Identity theft isn't a joke! The, the other strange thing is they were selling, like, hardcore pornography in that shop. <laughs> like, top shelf had, like, is a black the, cover is on it. Is the shop I'm thinking of in terms of, like, cigarettes cost three times yeah. what they cost in a normal shop? Yes. Yeah, cool. Um, I don't want to name the shop because it's going to lead to a... To another story in a minute as well, um, but yeah, this game I mean, come up with. You this... could just say it's the shop that they have seventeen of in every airport and train station everywhere. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sure people will understand. Yeah, um, you've got to have one for the big, a big one, a small one, and a book one. That's <laughs> yes, that one. shop. <laughs> so he's, he's brought up this like hard pornography, mm. and then a box of condoms. A travel bottle of lube oh. and an enormous banana. And this is like five in the morning. I'm just looking at this guy like Please don't posh wank on the plane. Please don't posh wank oh, on I'm the just, plane. I'm just like, oh and it's as like well a posh wank or a, a safe safety banana bum situation. <laughs> <laughs> but all the bags we had were clear. Oh. And I was just like, mate, they're all clear bags. And he's looking at me like sweating profusely. <laughs> He knew what he was buying. Like, why? And then, <laughs> I think the other thing was is obviously it was quite a long queue, and uh, all my other colleagues were female. So luckily, he came to me, and I was just like rooting underneath the till, trying to find a uh, a, a a dark bag, and I found one eventually. Managed to put it all in. And just as he left, he went, "Thank you." Oh, bless him. We had the most embarrassed shoplifter at the little like cosmetic shop I worked at when I was a kid, and um, he it was known very well known by the shopping centre staff um, for shoplifting, and we kind of just it got to a point where we had to catch him doing it so that we could kick him out and take the things, um, but he never really stole anything that was actually, you know, worth anything. Like he wasn't doing it to make money. I think he just enjoyed shoplifting, mm. um, so we kind of just like watched him a lot and went ah it's not worth the chase a lot of the time um but this one time he came in and we had um i don't know if they're like called fish bowls universally but they were like displays on the end units that were just like plastic bowls with holes in the top to like grab the stuff out of but to refill them they had like a seam all the way around the middle that you could lift the top section off okay. refill it through a bigger hole and then reseal it um so we used to keep the 99p packets of three Jurex in there because um, they were just like the perfect size for it. And I don't know why we decided to display those. So like at the front of the shop, but they were always literally on like the front unit. Um, and instead of taking like two or three, he just took the whole fishbowl and shoved it under his jacket. And I don't think he realised it had a seam that was sort of like the way you'd open a Kinder Egg toy by just like squeezing it a little bit at the side and it goes boop. Um, 
So when he put it under his jacket, the pressure that was on it just made it split and it was like really full. And he like, the bottom half dropped off as he was like quickly walking out so that he didn't get caught. And he just put his foot in the bottom portion of the now empty fishbowl went fucking skidding through a floor full of multi-pack condoms. And he was literally just ice skating through stolen condoms in abundance. And it was majestic. It was just dickhead on ice kind of moment. It was fantastic. And, like, he just chucked mm. everything and ran without any of the products. And I I've it. never seen this poor man so embarrassed. I felt sorry for him. Oh, that's amazing. It's one of the nicer stories I have from retail, like there was, there was Sylvia. Oh, Sylvia, she um actually it might not have been Sylvia. It might have just been someone that looked like her because I don't think this. Anyway, this lady came into our shop, which was carpeted, very very vital to the story. The the shop had carpet everywhere. There was like the only bit of tile was literally under the shelves, like the just the rim of the room. And this woman came in. And she wasn't old, she wasn't young, but I'd say 40s, 40s, early 50s. And she came in in her long skirt, pulled her long skirt up. Uh, No underwear on, I can tell you that with confidence, because the skirt was up quite high. (laughs) (laughs) Squatted down in the fake tanning aisle. Took a big old old piss on the floor. Why? Took a big, no idea, took a big old piss on the floor. And... It was large, large amounts of urine, and the carpets were very, very dark grey, almost black. So, after a few moments, couldn't really notice there was anything there, but there was absolutely a floor sodden with piss. And we were like, oh, that's a lot to deal with right now. Um, So we went to go and find some cleaning supplies, of which we had none because the management were cheap, so we didn't really have anything. And if we did have anything, it was always, like, watered down to make the most of it. Um, So we were, like, just... We sent someone out to go to, like, Tesco or something to get some cleaning products, and we had this one Christmas temp who made it her job to do fucking nothing, right? So this whole time, she had been (laughs) hiding out in the back room on her phone doing sweet FA. And because we didn't have any, like, caution wet floor signs because we had a carpeted shop... We just had to let people like walk through the piss. We couldn't put up any signs. It wasn't a slip hazard. It was just kind of gross. We were like, we'll have this resolved in like enough time that it's just not going to be a problem. So this girl um, emerged every now and then from doing nothing to make it look like she was doing nothing, mostly by saying how little everyone else did to make herself look better, which never worked. Um, so she comes out and faces up a few things because it was coming towards the end of the day. So she was like pulling things forward and she chooses this aisle to pull things forward. And she has to get to the bottom shelf uh, to get everything forward. So this girl is just kneeling in piss. She she is like kneeling in this like saturated carpet. And she's like, oh, the floor's wet. And not that she deserved to kneel in piss, but we're just all like, someone must have spilled a drink. Like, it, it, it felt like vindication. But yeah, that was that was an experience. Turns out we couldn't find any products. Tesco didn't have anything really carpet cleaner-wise. And all we had in the shop was some shaken vac. So we doused it 
with shaken vac in the same way that you'd put sawdust on a kid's vomit and then just <laughs> hoovered up clumps of piss soaked shaken vac. <sighs> I'm going to assume that carpet still hasn't been cleaned. It is the same carpet, uncleaned oh. since. How old a wife? 12 years ago. Wow. Yep, 12 year old piss in that carpet. What a what a trade to be in retailing it. It's just it's just stunning. I, I, everyone has to be in retail once in their life because just to be humbled. Yes, at least. Like... I, I got I got into an there was this. I ever told you about the Scottish woman? No. Right. So it's I don't know. Say five six in the morning, and the, the Scottish woman comes in and she's just fucking screaming at me, and I I've got quite bad hearing as it is and I couldn't make out her accent was really thick and I couldn't make out what she was saying or she was just pointing at the the magazines and then pointing at her son and then she had an open porno mag and she was just wafting it in my face and trying to like figure out what had happened just by visuals alone I said I feel like a solid guess would have been like you're poisoning my son's brain or something right well, I, I, I am wrongly rightly said, sorry, madam, no one is going to sell your son a porn. <laughs> I would have assumed that she was mad at you for selling such filth. <laughs> well, th- this is it. She was just like, where is your manager? So I like, s- swung around the back. I was like, look, I can't understand a word she's saying. She's yeah. swinging around a porn and mag, pointing at a four-year-old or five-year-old, and she's just very angry. And she wants to talk to you. And then the manager comes out. And this woman to speak in Queen's English. Why is my son walking around the store with this filth in his hands? Oh, my God. And I'm God. just looking at her thinking. You just made me look like a right dickhead. Yeah. Where's this Scottish accent gone? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously someone's obviously got a hardcore porno off the top. And then opened it, looked at it and just left it on the bottom shelf where all the kids magazines are. Yeah, oh my god. And yeah, I just. Oh, and then my manager was like, What the fuck was that about? I was like, I don't know. Where's her accent gone? <laughs> <laughs> we had sort of. I don't know. It kind of was a bit of a language barrier issue, but like it was more of a what the fuck are you doing kind of issue. Um, this, this woman. <laughs> so whenever we had a new line that we didn't have a ticket for. We had to take like one case of it from the stockroom, put it next to the office door, like on the outside of the locked office door, and then the manager at their convenience would like bring it in, scan it through, get a ticket, find a place for it, tell us where to put it, and we'd put it out. Um, it's a it was a basic process, but it was the one we did. So we had um, some new like fragrance talcum powder. I think it was lavender, lavender talcum powder, and I was like, oh. There's no ticket for this. We don't we don't stock this yet. So I'm going to put a, this six pack of talcum powder outside the office door and resume my life. Um, I come back round about ten minutes later because I think I got like a new another new product line that I needed to put there. And as I go to put it down, I see this woman like getting naked uh, next to the office door. And I don't really know what to do about it, so I just like hold back. I'm like, why is this woman stripping down to nothing? Um, she stripped down. She, like she takes off her dress and then she's got like 
one of those like shapewear things on. So she takes this like shapewear garment off, and then there's tin foil wrapped around her whole fucking abdomen. Um, like her whole torso is just wrapped in like three reams of fucking tin foil. So she starts unwrapping the tin foil, and it's then that I notice that she has opened like ripped off the plastic shrink wrap off of the six bottles of talcum powder and has opened a thing of talcum powder. So she takes this tinfoil off and just starts talcum powdering her like naked flesh. And at this point I'm like, okay, no. Like what are you doing? I go up to her and confront her about it. I'm like, hey, can I help you with anything there at all? And She's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you don't seem it. Let's be honest, <laughs> ma'am, you don't, you don't seem it. Um, that's you can't. You need to buy that, um, but you need to wait until we've actually officially started selling it. It's just there for admin reasons. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I thought it was communal. What? I was like, you're in a shop, not in like a gym. <laughs> what do you think is? Ha- Where do you think you are? And yeah, she just goes, oh, I thought it was communal, puts it down, starts wrapping herself back up, now talcum powdered up fully, and gets dressed and leaves with not another word said about it. And I was just standing there like, okay, that has to have been a fever dream. Like, <laughs> that can't have just happened. It does sound like a fever dream. Yeah, that was... But, but to me, that's no different to go around eating grapes in Asda and then not paying for them because there's no grapes left. Oh no, you always pay for the empty packet in shame. Although it makes it really hard to do, I imagine, like if you've got kids and like, as a kid, I was like, I want to eat the thing now. And they're like, you can have one now and we will pay for the half empty packet and deal with that shame, whatever. Um, But now that they've got self scanners, it must be really hard because it's like weight based. (laughs) You have to like have someone confirm your half purchase and be like, yeah, I have no self control. My kid sucks. (laughs) Or you can just weigh it when you get there. What? You can just weigh it when it gets there. What do you mean? Just just weigh it when it gets there. I'm talking about buying loose groceries. Oh, I was talking about like... Punnet of strawberries or something. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just weigh it when I get there. Oh no, that's like the pick and mix thing that we all used to do in Woolworths. <laughs> in Woolworths. <laughs> like, yeah, it's exactly the same. Just stick like, your hand in, lift a handful well, out, put, press the button for the sticker, I, and then put the handful back in. Yeah, and then also Eat my mouth is around. my mouth is a container. Yeah, <laughs> so I was just jammed seven in there. Joe, you know what I full on did that as an adult once. I was, and not even like consciously as well. Like it was genuinely a complete fucking accident. So I um, was going to the cinema, and I was like, I ain't paying for fucking Candy King, fuck that shit. So I went to Wilco's because it was literally right by the fucking cinema. And I get this thing of sweets, and I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna look around for other snacks. And like, just subconsciously, I had food in my hand and started eating it. Like, oh no. Technically, it wasn't like stealing because it was what I was going to buy anyway, and it wasn't by weight, it was by like cup size. Yeah, that's fine. But like. But then, but then you go back and fill up the cup again, yeah? <laughs> I did not. I did not. It's just a couple of jazzles. I'm armed up. Speaking of not realising what you're doing or being on autopilot, 
Mm-hmm. When you worked in retail, did they have the little lock boxes for putting the twenty pound notes in? When like your floats over like too high in cash, you got to like jam it in that little metal box. No, our managers just came out every hour or so and stole the money. Well, we had one of them lock boxes. We put the money in. You can't ever get it out again without a key. So, like right. you could only have. I can't remember how many it was. Say ten, twenty pound notes in a till at a time, and then you have to put the rest in the in the metal box. I've seen them, yeah. Yeah. So again, this is like four in the morning. There's been quite a surge in people coming through, and I'm jamming all these twenties in, and then uh, my manager comes over and says, "Uh, can you can you come with me? Can we go get a coffee? I need to have a talk with you." And I'm like, "Okay." So. Shut down my tail, put my hands in my pockets. I had not been putting the £20 notes in the machine. I'd been oh. stuffing them all in my pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I've got, a, I've got a clenched handful of this cash, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, my oh, God. fuck. How did so, you talk your way out of that? So he goes and sits me down, and he goes, can you go get some coffees? I'm like, I'm not allowed money at the tills. I was like, oh yeah, of course you're not. So he pulls out a fiver and gives me a fiver. Go get these coffees. He's like, I come back and I'm like, fucking shit in my pants. And he's like, um, so what did you notice? And I'm thinking that no one else stole any money. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, look at them. They're so happy and so cheerful. Did they say good morning? I said, yeah. Did they ask how you were doing? I said, yeah. He goes, why don't you do these things, Ben? I was like, uh, <laughs> Oh, I, just, I don't know what you mean. And he's just like, come on, Ben. You've looked very grumpy all morning. You need to have a smile and greet the customers and be happy. I went, okay. Oh, my God. You must have well, been clenching your arsehole my, like nothing yeah, else. Jeez. Nothing would have got out of that arsehole. And oh. then he's just like, he's like, yep, that's all. Just wanted to have a little chat with you. And I'll, as soon as I got back on that tail, I was just jamming all that money straight back in that thing. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't click it fast enough to get it all in. Literally, like, have no memory of putting any of it in my pocket. It was all just autopilot. Money goes in your pocket. Money goes in the pocket. I know someone that actually got fired from CEX for something similar, but, like, nowhere near as extreme. So um, I can't remember what product it was that came with these little cards in it, but because they were secondhand products, the cards were expired, and they said not for resale on them. Um so whenever like this product came in, they had to open the case, take out the little bit of cardboard. Oh, the ultraviolet ones. I think so, yeah. yeah. And they just had to like chuck them in the bin or put them down as wastage or whatever. And this person had been like there'd been like a mad rush, and apparently a lot of them had come in. And I think they needed to be noted down before they went in the bin or went in the waste pile or whatever. Um, so she'd just been putting them in her pocket because she was like, "I'll get around to do them later." And then one thing leads to another, it's the end of her shift. And they get bag checked on the way out. Oh. And she got checked with all these obsolete, useless bits of cardboard in her pocket. Um, that literally had no monetary value and no any value whatsoever because they had been spent, they'd been used. Um, but got fired for stealing property. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the boss liked... I think the boss had something out for her because... Well, reasons that I don't really want to get into, but like the the boss had it out for her, um, so it was definitely unfair dismissal, but with a legitimate cause, I guess technically by the rules. But yeah, fucked up. Man. Speaking of freebies, 
Mm. Again, again, it's it's crazy how much happened in one month at this job. Yeah. Of like working five days a week for only like half a day. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that early in the morning in the airport. It's just pure carnage. Oh yeah. But, Six a.m. Uh, is where it all starts, man. So you get like the Sunday Telegraph, mm. and you know how it says, "Oh, you can redeem these at X and Y shop." So obviously, yeah. I was working in X and Y shop, but because it's an airport, they're under a different division. Yeah, it's the same as like the Frankie and Benny's ones. Because um, I got like a, I got a voucher recently saying two for one on mains at Frankie and Benny's cannot be used in airport franchises, which is the only ones that exist. I'm certain of it. But hmm. yeah, but yeah. So the amount of people would be screaming at you. I've only bought this because I wanted the Lego figure it was in. I was like, well, we don't hold that stock you'll have to yeah. keep your voucher and go to a normal wh move no i want it now i'm just like we haven't got them we haven't got them i can't give you it yeah and just every single person that morning was just after that one thing i was just like we haven't got them this is an airport yeah but you yeah that at x and y sharp i'm like we're different division oh you're all the same to me and oh, then, the, yeah. And then you had to do your. Uh, did you ever have to do point cells? You know, them like things at the edge of the till. Yes. Yeah, like your, bo- your really, boxes, but... your boxes of sweets or something. Yeah, so we were really that you... kind of shop. We were sort of like it was like a boutiquey bullshit kind of shop. So you had to offer it to, it to everyone. Mm. So after someone screaming at you, you were like, "Would you like a box of?" Sweets <laughs> with your deal. Oh my they're, God. Like, they're like, how much is it? Eight pounds. <laughs> oh no, I don't want eight pounds of sweets. I and am... they were the really old grandma ones as well. You know, like the the copper we'll tin. Pick a fight for anything. Oh, what the sweets? I think with the customers. No, no, the sweets. They're like in a copper tin. They're yeah. just like hard candy dipped in sugar. Oh. The sort of thing that your gran has and has had yeah. for about twenty years. Oh, they were fucking horrible. horrible. The best thing about working in the airport with customers like those are they are very temporary. They will not stick around for long because they have a flight to catch, and also they um, it's unlikely you're going to see them again until they're flying out again. <laughs> it's lovely, but um, what was I going to say about the airport? I was going to say, like, the worst thing about working in the airport, and now I've just completely spaced on it. Um, no, it's gone. Although it is, like, working at the airport, especially airside retail, is just, like, a weird little... I don't want to say cult, but it feels like a cult. It is a cult. Like, everyone knows everyone, no one sees daylight, and it is just a weird little community is the word I was looking for. <laughs> it, it feels cultish. It does feel cultish. Especially if you, if you get off at the same time as someone from a different shop. You kind of feel like you're like a secret gang. Yeah, and like it's always the duty free lot that there's like they have the most staff compared to every other shop. Like every other shop has maybe like eight people working there um in total and then you've got duty free and they've got like thirty agency workers that just always work at the same duty free. And, oh, it's fucking bizarre. And, like, there's rivalry as well. Because, like, at the airport I worked at, I got really, really good staff discounts at, like, a couple of food places. 
like one kind of like coffee and sandwich shop and one Japanese place. I got, I knew someone that worked at this Japanese food place that I'd known since I was like 15, 16. And I was like, oh my God, have you been? And he'd like, I'd pick up my whole meal, like my whole hot meal. And he'd ring through like a sachet of wasabi just to make it look like something was going through the till. Because they got free food. So he would just give me free food all the freaking time for like, well, like 10p for a whole meal. And I was like really hyped about this. Um, And then someone was like, I get free Krispy Kremes as and when. I'm like, look, I didn't like or dislike you, but now like you're just giving me an opinion. Like, this is a weird flex. And it's such a flex because Krispy Kreme are such dicks about their food. Mm. So at the end of the day, there would be like roll cages full of donuts left at the end of the day that didn't get sold and would go stale by tomorrow. So they had roll cages of these. And we'd always be like, hey, those um, those unsold donuts, what are you doing with them? And we'd never be allowed them. And the reason we were never allowed them is because they send them back to Krispy Kreme. What, to they be destroyed? To be fed to pigs. What? Apparently, that was like what the staff would always say. They have to take right down how many donuts they have left and they get fed to pigs. They get sent wow. back and they get fed to pigs. That's crazy. I was like, just give me like a plain glazed ring donut, man. Just say you dropped it. Fucking give me a break. I've been working since 4am, dude. <laughs> I used to work with a guy... Um, well, not work with a guy. He used to work, also work in the same airport at the same time. He was a friend of mine, Mm-mm. and uh, he was working at uh, the co- one of the coffee places in there. Yeah. And we'd finish at the same time, and then he'd bring me out like this monstrosity of like iced frappuccino, just basically all of the iced coffees all in one. He'd like just butcher something together, and it was just like four different syrups in it, an absolute. Frankenstein's monster of a fucking iced coffee. Yeah. Every single day. And he'd just write it out as like waste. He wouldn't even write, he just wouldn't bring it for a till. He'd just be like, oh, this is wasted. (laughs) I'll take this. I'll take two of them. So, yeah, that was pretty sick. I always felt bad for people airside at the airport that worked at like food or coffee places. Because, like, I, on my late shift, I finished at 10. We sold phone cases and handbags. Like, I finished at 10. We were not a necessity. Um, the food and drinks places had to stay open until the last shop closed. Yeah. Until the last flight left, sorry. Like, they had to stay open until... If there was, like, a super late flight, they'd just have to stay open until it boarded. Wow. And then they'd have to clean down as well. Yep. Oh, that sucks. I was Other quite lucky. I don't have the same... Uh, feature though, because I just got st- I got stuck coming back from Ibiza, and they were like, mm, "No food for you, get fucked." Oh yeah, like other airports don't have the same courtesy. I was coming back from holiday and wanted to get a burger, and they were like, mm, "No, you're too late." It's like that is not my fault. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna say? Slipped out my brain now. Oh, that was the only good thing is I was never the one to open or close the shop, so I never had to deal with any of that bullshit. How come? I don't know. I just I was always 
just booked in to start after someone else had already opened. Hmm. I did get there as they were opening some days, but, you know, they'd already fucking pre-started it all, basically. I just had to jump straight on a till. Annoyingly, everyone where I worked had, like, supervisor responsibilities, but no one had supervisor pay. Yeah, Um, I don't agree with that shit. There were two supervisors, and they all did the same thing that we did. Like, I opened, I closed, I cashed up, I helped with rotors, I did loads of, like, I was a key holder... I did all this shit and got no financial benefit from it. See, people keep... I get that still now with what the job I do. Mm. People are like, oh, we want you to, like, you know, run this team of men. I'm like, where's the pay incentive? Mm. Oh, we'll give you an extra hour a week. It's not worth it. No. I'm like, I will... For two extra, two hours extra a week, I will do this. I'll like be a charge hand and make sure that people doing their jobs are doing it properly. And you know, you speak to me, and I will liaise to other people. But I'm not doing anything supervisor related other than that. Yeah. And they're you like, yeah, 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 that's fine. And then you know, three weeks later, they're like, oh, what's this person doing? Don't know. Yeah, but your charge hand. No. I tell him what to do. If he doesn't do it, that's not my problem. Yeah. That's basically what I'm doing at the moment. Where I work, we basically get like, here is your job. This is your job role. Do it. And we're going to ask you to do this now. Um, We'd like you to learn this. And we'd like you to be the uh, main point of contact for this. Pay remains unchanged. Mm Mm-hmm. I have like seven additional responsibilities in the last three months and no pay increase. Well, the pay increase that came along with the world like needing a pay increase, but like they're a tiniest, tiniest pay rise. Like not even a grand a year. When's your when's your next pay review then? That was it. But everyone oh. went up with the same amount. That was how much the company could justify. So how much has your workload increased by? Oh, a bunch. The more confident I get with what I'm doing, the more they load on top of me. And when I tell you I'm doing the bare minimum so that I get given the bare minimum, I am doing the bare minimum. Like, I am setting the bar low. So not only, like, if, if I was, like, excelling... They'd be like, oh, she could handle this. But for all they know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm struggling. And they're just like, here, have more. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, God, I'm working too fast. They're going to expect more of me. They're going to give me more work. If they think I'm capable. So this is this is always a problem. When you show a bit of intuition, a bit of willing, mm. not, only, not only are you doing your own work now, you're going to be doing everyone else's. That's what I mean. Like the reward for finishing all my shit ahead of schedule is finishing other people's work that they didn't do because they're probably also trying not to do too well at their job so they don't get additional shit. Yeah. And it just makes people work less efficiently. It's very convoluted, isn't it? Mm. Like give, we're a big team. Well, we're not a big team, but we're not a small team. Like give 
three people, one like three people, three like a couple of jobs, another three people, another couple of jobs, and split it between like groups of three, so that because we we're allowed two people off at any one time. So, give three people a job, so that it's covered when people are off, and stop trying to teach everyone every single thing. Like, if you make us all responsible for everything, all of the time, no one's going to want to, like, like, that shit's going to happen. People are going to intentionally work slower, so you stop giving them shit. Yeah, it's almost like there's, uh, you know, lack of accountability. Mm. It's like a, almost a mob mentality where, you know... Well, someone else would do it. We can, we can hide behind everyone else. Mm. That's basically what's happening where I work at the moment. Hmm. There's 28, like if, 28 people on site and not a single person is doing anything. Yeah. Like, we've got a normal order and then we've got, like, a national order. Now, most people know how to do national orders. I actually said, I don't want to learn how to do national orders because I'm already, like, the name point of contact for this huge company. Um, so I'm going to opt out of this one. But everyone else knows how to do national orders. They get left until last because everyone else assumes that someone else is going to pick it up. <laughs> whereas my thing that I am responsible for gets done by 10am because I'm the only one that does it and I don't want to be held accountable for it not being done yeah like no so I, I think it's fine to be trained in all aspects of your potential work but as you mm. rightly said you should then delegate that as you said these three people do that you do that yeah, um, like I said, I, I did, I did word it wrong. I, I thought that as soon as I said it, I was like, I think you should know every aspect of the of the business. Like, for example, our apprenticeship scheme that we've got going on is the apprentices are on like an eighteen month apprenticeship, and the end goal is to be a sales rep. That is the end goal. But they start in customer services, and then they go and spend some time with marketing, and then they go and spend some time in every department. And learn a little bit of everything because it is well known that the sales reps get the reputation from the customer service team that they're all high and mighty and holier than thou and kind of look down on customer services. So the apprenticeship always starts with customer service so they can like work through the business and kind of appreciate customer services more than the current yeah. sales reps do. That's it. Yeah, I could totally so get it's, that. it's a good apprenticeship. It is a really good apprenticeship. That's, that's also the same reason why everyone should uh, do Working a stint retail. in retail. Mm. So you can get a taste for how it feels. I am the fucking... When I am in, like, Poundland or B&M, I am the biggest cheerleader for them staff members. Like, if someone... I've always said if someone starts giving a cashier, like, actual shit and starts gunning for them... I promise you I will say all the things to that customer that that staff member would get fired for. Like all those things that you wish you could say to a customer when they were being a dickhead, but you couldn't because you'd <laughs> lose your job. Like I will do that for you if I am behind that customer. I've never had that before in front of me. Have you not? It's, no. Well, to me as a cashier, yes, but I've never had it happen in front of me. It's always just people been slightly inconsiderate. Mm. Or, you know. I had someone yeah. bitching about the price of plastic bags. And I had to be like, do you think this person keeps the 15p for themselves? 
do you think this is a tip for them? Do they think? Do you think they enjoy telling people they have to pay to carry their shopping out of the shop? If you don't like it, bring one from home or pay the 15p or carry your shopping in your arms. Either way, don't take it out on this person. Like, they're just trying to do their job. You need to shut up. Yeah, that doesn't feel as extreme. I, you know, I was thinking like someone oh, no, screaming like in their face. At her. She was oh. shouting at her in B&M. Okay, yeah, it's pretty, pretty nuts. She was literally shouting and saying it was fucking outrageous. It was a fucking con. It was a rip-off. These bags are just going to break in a couple of weeks. Like, just fucking bring a canvas bag then. I mean, it's been the norm for how long now? Get an old lady. I, I've got my old lady shopping trolley and I love it. Really good for Christmas shopping and festivals. Oh, why have I never seen it then? I don't know. I use it quite a lot. I've I never ever seen it. With it. Never seen you with it before. It is grey and white polka dot. It's lovely. Just living your best old lady life. I bring it to car boot sales, Ben. I mean, that's that's fair. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I fucking love a car boot sale. Do you know what? I, I, I haven't been in so long. Oh, come to a car boot. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going, but my partner works on Sundays, so it'd just be me with a load of kids going, and it feels like chaos. Yeah, we go. We'll join. We'll join efforts. But we'll wrangle you, a couple of them for you. Can you can you deal with a child every five minutes? I want that toy. I want that yeah. toy. I want Your that kids toy. Are pretty cool. I want that toy. Can I have that toy? I'll tell them that it's going to be like a battle royale situation. The problem is, is I've done it once with them. We've walked around. They've got, I want that toy. And I'm like, well, you buy it now and you can't have any more toys or you come back and hope that it's still there. Mm. And then uh, you see like the process going on and then they buy it and then they see something else they want. They're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just do what um, I got done. The thing I had to do when I was a kid at car boot sales. I would get given five pounds and I had to budget the whole mm. way around the car boot sale. Yeah, it seems fair. Yeah, I would get five pounds, maybe an extra five pounds if I had been responsible with my money. Um, but because I got that money and had to like budget it, I'd come back with like random 20p shit. I'd be like, this was such a bargain. I got this yo yo for 10p and she gave me this for free because I asked very nicely. And I'd come back with like a fucking like boot worth Just of stuff. Just a whole bag of shit that I'd got for a fiver from like <sighs> stuff that's gonna end up in the uh, and in the bin. They'd be like, "Oh, this defeated the object of not filling the house up with shit." I bought they, I thought they'd buy one thing, sort of thing. I was like, "Ah, you thought wrong." I just bought twelve books. So I was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> backfired so, horribly. So we did that before as well, and they would they'd somehow manage to find. I don't know, eight, eight cuddly toys for a pound. And you're just yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake. And they all become the favourite toy. And then you're wondering how long it is before I can just secretly throw them away without anyone noticing. Yeah. Although saying that, I had like a treasured childhood toy that I got from a car boot sale and it genuinely did become my favourite toy. Hmm. What was it? It was a... Well... Me and my sister both got the same toy. We were six years apart, but we both liked it. Um, hers was purple, mine was blue, and it was a horse. 
Um, it was a cuddly toy horse, and they were brand new. They still had the tags on them. Mm. Um, they had just been bought and never used for whatever reason. And do you know how much I loved this horse? This this is how this is how much I loved this horse. Oh, you sent me a thing. I was just waiting for you to tell me. Nope, no, I sent you a message. Oh, you've still got it. I still oh, got it. That's cute. Look at, my, my, look at the threadbare tag hanging uh, off the end. I was going to say, my mind instantly went in the gutter. <laughs> I was like, you molested your toys? Like, oh god, it's so old. Like it is. Like this is. This is the label on it. This is a nice close-up of this label. I used this label as such a comfort wow. ribbon. That's crazy. Yeah, it still has pride of place in my bedside table. Like, I think I must have got this when I was six. That's cute. Yeah. I got this 22 years ago. It's in pretty good nick, It's not bad for that. Hmm. Right, I think we should uh, wrap up. I think, you know, three three attempts at recording and uh, an hour over an hour's worth of content. That's good enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Toodle fucking loose, sir. Eh? I'm bye. Bye.